on today's Splash. Plenty of basketball topics to get through, including Ben Simmons' history-making day in New York City. It is Friday, the 16th of March. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. And also plenty of headlines to talk about from around the grounds. But just before we get to that, I've got NBA and NBL journalist for Fox Sports Australia, Olga Norwich. How are you? I'm well, Phil. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah, we're going to be chatting about the... NBL uh, Finals Championships Series, which is taking place, uh, kicking off, uh, tipping off tonight, I believe. Correct. Correct, correct. And plenty of NBA headlines as well. Ben Simmons. Too many headlines. Uh, ben Simmons has done it again. Uh, his buddy, Dante Exum, has made his long-awaited return from a shoulder issue. Uh, and a few other bits and pieces as well. March Madness as well. Yeah. It's it's gone a bit it's gone a bit crazy. Australians are everywhere doing everything, um, and yeah, it's it's gotten busy. I am extremely tired, Philip. <laughs> I'm always tired when you have me on, because I'm always on when things are happening. Yeah, well, that is true. That's that's why There's I've got corollary. you on today. It's a it's a correlation. Uh, no, I mean it's causation. It's causation. Yeah. Is it causation? I think so. I think yeah. it's both. Yeah, let's run with both. Both works. Yeah, both works. All right, headlines, uh, but also a quick reminder that Unibet's expert edge gives you the rugby league stats and insight you need to back more winners this NRL season, not to mention offering up a stack of Unibet specials every round, of course, as we uh, move into round two this weekend. Time for some headlines. Kicking off uh, with football locally, Melbourne Victory have extended coach Kevin Musket a further two years. In rugby, Matt Gitto will quietly ride off into the sunset, calling time on his decorated career. Uh, UFC, of course, we, t- we covered Rob Whittaker yesterday, Australian fighter. Uh, he was yesterday's topic on the splash uh, following announcing a huge uh, UFC bout at 225 in Chicago against Yoel Romero in June. Well, two months earlier, he was set to uh, represent Australia in the Commonwealth Games, but no longer. The UFC have come out saying they weren't comfortable uh, with that. Uh, in golf, Tiger Woods' resurgence continues. Did you see that monster 72-foot Part uh, video on the website that was that was crazy. That kind of blew up the entire newsroom. Yeah, uh, big time, big time. And also going back to uh, Rob Whitaker for a second, it's probably smart, I would say, because as I said, we that was what we covered yesterday on the splash with Bree Holden and uh, Nathan Ryan, uh, and I worked it out. So he, he competes in the middleweight division, I think it is, for UFC, which is 185 pounds. Yeah. And that is roughly around that 82, 83 kilogram division. Yeah. So what, how heavy did he need to be for the wrestling in the Commonwealth Games? That's the thing. He, he's, he, was going to be, he was going to be wrestling in the 97 kilogram division. So he so, would have had to do that, and then how long after the Commonwealth Games eight is? Weeks. So eight weeks is he'd need to cut, but not just cut. He'd need to cut, you know, for the UFC, which is you know, yeah, okay, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So like over fifteen kgs. I mean, 
not necessarily is he wrestling at bang on 97, but that would have been, unless, yeah, like I I sort of did did a little bit of the research yesterday and I'm pretty sure that's what he would have had to do, which sounds really tough. Well, yeah, if if you're going to defend your title in the the UFC, you want to be at the peak physical condition. And you're not going to do that when you try to cut in eight weeks. <laughs> try to cut that much in eight weeks. No. And no. As, as the way these dudes cut as well is just really strenuous on the body. I, I, it's probably a smart decision. As much as you want him to represent Australia, yeah, it's probably the best yeah. decision for him. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, that, that was an interesting one. So the UFC, they weren't comfortable anyway. They thought there was too much risk of him getting hurt. Of course, he had to pull out of UFC 221 in Perth last month. So... Look, probably the right call to make. Uh, and finally, for, as far as headlines are concerned, the cracks are opening at the Sharks following a second loss to start the NRL season, letting a 14-0 lead slip against the Dragons. Olgan, ask, yes. me, ask me this question. Hey, Phil. Um, yep. So I was thinking, um, I was mulling this over during um, sleeps to, last night, uh, who would you have at fullback if you were Sharks co- coach uh, Shane Flanagan? <laughs> Shane Flanagan? Flanagan? Flan- <laughs> I got you. Uh, look, Olgan, uh, thank you. That very good question, might I add. I am um, from near the Shire, so I've, it's you know we talk about it at the, the RSL. Yeah, we exactly. We only have RSLs in the Shire. <laughs> look, uh, to answer your question, Valentine Holmes, he was fullback. All of last year for the Sharks, he's a rising star of the game. We saw him dominate in the World Cup uh, late last year for the Kangaroos, scoring more tries than any other player. Sure. Um, he still needs to develop his passing game if he wants to become one of those elite fullback options. And he was cut from that position heading into this game last night against the Dragons. Josh Dugan was moved from centre back to fullback. But if you ask me, he's the exact same player as current Valentine Holmes anyway, doesn't have a passing game, just runs hard and brings the ball back in that way. So to answer your question, I would still have Valentine Holmes there. I think all the rhetoric that we've heard from plenty of people this week is off the mark. Um, If I'm coach Shane Flanagan, I'm sticking with Valentine Holmes uh, rather than attempting one of these other options. I have a question. When you when you began this segment by saying the cracks are opening, they've played two games. Is, yes. that, is that a thing? That yeah. seems it seems very early to be. Oh, I don't know, man. like chastising uh, a team. This is for this a, is a the uh, the age of overreaction and hot takes, right? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, the Broncos have played one game, and every, saw, I, everything <laughs> is completely screwed up in Brisbane. Totally, I remember because <laughs> I saw I saw the story on our website. I thought I saw the headline was. How the Broncos can save their season. I'm thinking, <laughs> guys, they've played one game. Yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. Let them let them play three games. I know. Please. I know. Yeah. You're telling me. Everyone loves to overreact after a one game sample size. And after about a couple of months we finally sort of screw our heads back on and, and work out that uh things are shaping up the way they probably should be. Look, we're gonna find out that like Shane Shane Flanagan's gonna come out and say, Oh, Valentine Holmes was just ill. For a game, yeah, he's going to come back in. He's going to come back in. He's going to do really well. Sharks going to be leading the the league in like halfway through the season. Mm. This is my expert take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, and Nathan Ryan, you just so everyone out there that's thinking, well, you're the media. You're the ones that are overreacting on everything. Well, not not exactly. No, we're we're uh, we're providing um, sort of an analysis because it's demanded of us. Um, Correct and. 
So all we've got really is is one game to work with at this stage. But everyone wants answers already. That's that's how the media. That's how everything works these days in sport. Pretty much. It, look, it's a it's just a, a simple case of supply and demand. If mm. there's a demand for it, we will supply it. Uh, and we have reason to believe there is a demand for it because we track the demand. And we see that that demand is there and we're here for your, for your answers. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Ben Simmons, he's, uh, he moves the needle uh, on the Fox Sports website. It's Very fair much to so. say uh, a, a huge name uh, in Australian sport at this point in time. Why? Because he keeps continuing to put up insane numbers in the NBA in his rookie season. Uh, today, in New York City against the Knicks, he recorded his eighth triple-double of the season, a second in consecutive games. Um, and where, do, where? what's the significance of this eighth triple-double, Olga Norwich? So there are a lot of numbers that happened during today's game. He made a lot of history. Uh, one of the big ones you can point at is, is that eighth triple-double is one more than what Magic Johnson got in his rookie season, which was seven. Um, which puts Ben uh, the second most all-time triple-doubles for a rookie in an NBA season, trailing just Oscar Robertson, who had 26. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any way that Ben no. gets to 26, but you know, surpassing Magic Johnson and being between those two guys, who are yeah. two of the, the best players to ever play, yeah, is pretty incredible. Um, not only did he match those two, or he, is he in the conversation with those two with regard to his triple-doubles, uh, but he also uh, notched his 500th assist of the season which means that he's now recorded a total of a thousand of at least a thousand points, mm-hmm. five hundred rebounds and five hundred assists wow. over the season. The only other two players to do that, the only other two rookies to do that, excuse me, are Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson. Um and wow. on top of that and I'm I'm filibustering now, but on top of that uh, on top of the one hundred, five hundred and five one thousand five hundred and five hundred, he's also had fifty steals and fifty blocks, making him the first player in NBA history. Wow. The first rookie in NBA history to have those totals since steals and blocks were recorded, which is, you know, the mid-70s. So he's making history. He's coming out as one of the, it's not hyperbole to say this, one of the best rookies we've ever seen. Yet, statistically, there there are still people out there trying to push uh, the case for Utah's Donovan Mitchell. Can we just end end that? I mean, he's had a great year. Donovan Mitchell has had a really great year. It's not just a, he's been an offensive star for that team. He's not as efficient as ideally you'd like him to be, but he's been incredible for that team. Mm. Um, and if, if you saw him play today against the Suns, you know, we, before we came down here, we saw that scoop layup, which was just a, an unbelievable move. But relative to Simmons, I don't think it's a conversation anymore. It, I think it became one around the All-Star break. It became yeah. one. Some of it was you know, partly uh, media-driven. Some of it was you know, genuine um, conversation that could, that could be had. But now I think it's, it's kind of over now. We're just kind of... There's maybe 15 games left of the season for every team, and yeah. I think Ben Simmons has it in the bag officially. Not officially, but it, for all intents and purposes, he's going to win that award. And uh, just quickly, his Philadelphia 76ers, uh, yes. where are they in, in terms of the East playoff picture? So they improved to 37-30 and 30 on the season, which puts them in sixth. So okay. ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks, right behind the, uh, not the, the Washington Wizards. Yeah. So there's is- a good chance that they go up against... Maybe the Cavs, maybe the Pacers. I think right now they're going up against the Pacers, which would be a really cool series. That was mm. that was who the Sixers played last game. They suffered a, you know, a tight loss to them. Um, so yeah, the the East is wide open, in my opinion. You know, yeah. from from one to six, I think it's 
um, you know, there's no telling who could win a series. You know, the, the Sixers, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be that much of a surprise to see them, um, you know, surprise the the Pacers or the Cavs in a series just because of how, you know, average a lot of teams have been and how well the Sixers have kind of emerged this season. Yeah, the, the West is super jammed right down to about 10th spot. Yep. Uh, is, is being sixth in the East a little bit safer and secure as far as a playoff berth is concerned at this point? No question. Even being yeah. eighth in the East, you're relatively safe right now just because of, uh, you know, the Miami Heat are down there, but just how badly the Pistons have been playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, there's really no chance that they can make the playoffs now. So the top eight for the East is basically said it's just what order. <laughs> yeah. With the West, it's wide open. From maybe five to ten, yeah. it's still up in the air where the Jazz could end up being the fifth or the fourth or fifth seed and the Spurs were the tenth seed the other day, they could they could get back in there as well. So yeah, yeah. it's it's all it's crazy. And this is fun. We enjoy this. As long as uh as long as the Blazers uh, hold on a third spot, I'll be happy. Phil is a Blazers fan. Um <laughs> and he died a little bit inside when Yusuf Nurkic got dunked on by LeBron today. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes. But we're gonna win this one. We're recording at half time of that game and yes. we better keep moving so that I don't miss any of the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dante Exum, he returned. Another, speaking of another Aussie in the NBA, how good! Yeah, this was really exciting. He missed, uh, you know, the the entirety of the season up until this point with a, a shoulder injury. He separated his shoulder. Yeah, um, he got landed on by TJ Warren, you know, of the Phoenix Suns. Came back against the Phoenix Suns. When I last checked, had ten points in fourteen minutes. Looked like himself, you know, because mm. it was a shoulder injury. It wasn't, you know, a lower body injury. He looked comfortable out there moving around, you know, yeah. lateral movement, yeah. things like that. Um, he looked a bit gassed, um, not yeah. not long into it because he hasn't played you know, at a ga- in a game in so long. But, you know, he looks like a guy who could genuinely make an impact for a Jazz team that will probably make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're very excited to see that. And, you know, I, I've spoken to people around him and his management and they're happy that he felt good enough to come back today. Speaking of separated shoulders, going on a tangent here, oh. Julian Wilson... Just won the Quicksilver Pro up on the Gold Coast. Not sure who that man is. He came, he's, uh, he's a Noosa native. Came off a, a, a dirt bike in the summer. Uh, dis, uh, did his shoulder. Uh, separated the AC joint. Um, it, it's, he's, he says it's still in enormous amounts of pain. You saw him not being able to actually paddle onto waves the same really? way that other surfers were. And he still managed to somehow win the quick pro against the best surfers in the world. So he's had to he's had to alter his entire you know style of doing what he does because of that injury. Once he's up on his board, it's not much of an issue. Yeah. But uh, particularly in the trying conditions at not only Snapper Rocks but on Finals Day uh, down the road at Kira, there was a lot of paddling involved because of the swell coming in, uh, you weren't just able to sit on your board out the back, okay. constantly paddling. So that was an enormous effort by Julian Wilson. Shout out to him. Shout out to Julian uh, Wilson and Phil, yeah. who just said a lot of words I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what a, a snapper rock and a kira is, <laughs> but I'm really proud of you. <laughs> uh, look, let's uh, just before we come back to some local hoops... Uh, March Madness, in one sentence, uh, sorry, in one minute or less, tell us about what is going on over in uh, college basketball right now. Um, all right, so we've got eight Australian men in the NCAA tournament. Okay. We, have, we have 12 Australian women in, in the NCAA tournament. That is March Madness. It is one of the most exciting times of the basketball calendar. It is 
College Hoops at its best, it is a bracket. That means that if you win, you go through. If you yeah. lose, you're out. So Duke, yeah, yeah. Duke's the number so two like seed. So it's like a tennis uh, Grand Slam event sort of thing. Very much so. Yeah. And so, you know, it just takes one bad performance by the best player on the best team to have them mm. ruled out for the entire season. So yeah, that, yeah. we saw that today with an Australian on uh, place for Miami, Dayan uh, Vasiljevic. He's a sophomore at Miami. Uh, they lost to Loyola Chicago because of a you know a really incredible three pointer from um, the opposition. But you know they were a six seed; they were expected to go through. Yeah, they yeah. lost; they're out now. Yeah. So we've seen him gone. You know we have Jack White at Duke, who doesn't really get minutes. Got some minutes today, but you know they're through. They beat Iona. They're going to face Rhode Island next. As we're recording this, um, you've got Fabian uh, Kurslovich at, at Montana uh, and Keanu Pinder at Arizona playing, and so. It's just very exciting time. Australians in action. A lot of Australians contributing for their respe- for their respective teams, and yeah. um, you know this happens all very quickly. It's yeah, just yeah. bang, 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 and so hopefully we can see an Aussie go far. And but regardless, it's just really exciting basketball. So get around it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's all over uh, TV and Twitter and all the rest of it. It's yep. over my head, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it, it's tough it's to just, get into college basketball. There are too, so many teams, and yeah. you've got to properly be invested for an entire <laughs> season. Exactly. It's rough. Yeah. That's why you create a bracket. My bra- my bracket is gone. My bracket was gone maybe two hours in to the March wow. Madness, but wow. as was most people's, I assume. So, <laughs> thank God. Uh, and the NBL Championships uh, Series uh, will kick off tonight. Uh, and for the first time in over in eight seasons, it won't be either Perth or New Zealand lifting uh, the trophy. Uh, Melbourne United take on the Adelaide uh, 36ers. Uh, talk to us about it. We, yeah, we, the two best teams in the league this season, Melbourne had the best record in the league, Adelaide was second. Um, Adelaide's arguably the most exciting team, they're just a high-octane run-and-gun team. Yep. Um, United is really talented. You know, Chris Golding is, has been one of the best players in the league for a very long time. Josh Boone has been incredible. Casper Ware is, is one of the best point guards we've seen in, in a little bit as well, so Yep. Those two teams going at it. Game one tonight in Melbourne, uh, 7.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 503. So if, you, if you're around, check that out. Mm. Um, it should be really good basketball. You know, we've The last two uh, games that we saw were the game, respective game twos of the two semifinal series. And you know we had a buzzer beater in overtime to send one team to the finals. And the other one, we had a, a comeback wow. win for, from, uh, from Adelaide. And you know, that, that went down to the wire as well. So we've seen really good basketball. Um, you know, out of the NBL lately, and it's probably going to continue. There's a lot of talent here, especially a lot of Australian talent. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, how long between each uh, of the games? So what we know so far is that game one is tonight, that's Friday night. Game yep. two in Adelaide is on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, and then there's a five-day break until game three, which is okay. next Friday. Yeah. Um, and then if needed, the other games, the their dates and times and things like that have yet to be confirmed. So right. it's a best-of-five series. Um you know, first to three, effectively. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if I had to pick one, I, I think I'd go Melbourne, but Adelaide is just so dynamic that it, it, would, it would not be surprising if they came away with a, with a win, which would, be, which, would, which would be very cool. You know, you've got Melbourne, who they're a new mm-hmm. franchise, one of the biggest franchises, and then you've got Adelaide, who are kind of steeped in history. Um, so this is very exciting. It's kind of uh, almost, it's weird to think that Chris Golding, uh, you know, a superstar of Australian basketball, has never actually won a championship. That's right. You know, people say that he has won one because he he was a development development player for the Brisbane Bullets. Um, you know, oh, okay. very early in his <laughs> career, and they and they won a championship then. But no one really counts that. He doesn't count that. And so, yeah. you know, in order to kind of seal his legacy, 
he he needs a championship. Yeah. That that NBL title on his resume. Um and that's something that I've spoken to him a lot lately. I've kind of tracked him for the past eight months in Los Angeles. I went out to Melbourne and you know, I spoke to him over the past few days and um I have a story that's gonna come out on foxsports.com.au very soon on on him and, you know, his rise, speaking to, you know, an assistant coach at the Cavs, Phil Handy, who yeah. had a had a role in bringing him up as well and you know, the NBL and how uh, how he's impacted the league on and off the court. And so that story will be dropping soon, hopefully. It's a yeah, busy nice. day. I had uh, Andrew Gaze on just before the playoffs begun. I heard. On the splash. Um, and he liked, the, he liked Adelaide. So uh, I'm sure he, he would stick to his guns and, and tip them in this uh, championship series. Who do you like? So I like Melbourne. I think they've got a lot of talent. I think they will maybe be able to neutralize the, the Adelaide run and gun game and... Okay. Yeah, I think it'll come down to Chris Golding whether he makes shots and and Casper Ware versus Shannon Shorter, the point guard battle. I'm more looking at the Olga Norlich versus uh, Andrew Gaze battle here uh, for the the tipsters. <laughs> yeah, I I will defeat Andrew Gaze and I will <laughs> I will let him know right now. <laughs> uh, Olga Norlich, thank you very much for joining the Splash. You have fun. I have a lot of fun on the Splash all the time. <laughs> I have too much fun here. That is true. That is true. Uh, and don't forget. Uh, splash listeners out there get the expert edge today visit unibet.com.au or download the unibet app Olgan what's your Twitter handle my Twitter handle is at Olgan Ulrich uh, and just a, a note to coach uh, Shane Flanagan <laughs> play play Valentine Homers come on he's uh, yeah. great he's a fullback he, he's a developing fullback get him in there get him in Valentine Valentine's, right. Valentine's Day that's a wrap <laughs> <laughs>